Jim said the major key to your future is you. It's not the government. It's not your relatives. It's not your wife. It's not your boss. I mean, think of all the times we're being victims to everything else going on. So no matter what the interest rates are today, 7%, no matter what the government's doing, no matter who the president is, no matter any of it, in 10 years, you'll take two people, one will have done this and one will have done that. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will teach you how to build wealth with real estate without buying yourself another job. I'm your host, Taylor Lodes, and today our guest is Kyle Wilson. You may not have heard Kyle's name before, but you've almost certainly felt his effects on the world. Kyle is a former business partner with Jim Rohn. He was Jim Rohn's business partner for 18 years. Jim Rohn passed away in 2009. He was one of the world's leading personal development speakers. And today, Kyle helps some of the leading figures in the real estate space and in the personal development space with their businesses. Kyle has built multiple eight-figure businesses and products himself. He's an expert on personal development and marketing today with a special impact on the real estate space in particular because he's doing quite a lot in the background that you just might not be aware of. And it's just really an incredible discussion that we have today. For anyone out there, if you're interested in the personal development industry, how much of an impact personal development can have on you, how that space works, and really getting a great insight on marketing today. Marketing for any business. Kyle is an expert marketer, and we get into his model for the the wheel of marketing. So this is a pretty wide-ranging discussion with somebody who has been really a power player in personal development and real estate for several decades. And I'm very grateful to have Kyle on the show today. He's going to share a ton of knowledge with you today of what it takes to succeed in several different industries by adding value to others in your own particular way. This is a great knowledge. Again, I'm really grateful to have Kyle on the show today. You're going to learn a ton. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lodes. I'm a real estate investor. I focus on multifamily and self-storage investing. If you'd like to learn more about potentially partnering with us in the future, just go to investwithtaylor.com or click the link in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every weekday. Now, let's talk with Kyle. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm, I'm so grateful to have you on the show, and we'll get into the reasons why. But for our listeners out there who don't know about you and your background, can you tell us about what you're doing today? And I'd love to dig into your time with Jim Rohn. Okay, very cool. Well, hey, great to see you again. It's been a few years. I met you at Michael Block's event. I, you know, my mentor, Jim Rohn, 18-year business partner, it did not matter what question you asked him he would begin with the same answer because he felt like people need context. So I'm going to do that. It took me a long time to learn that. I've just learned that recently, but it's so true. Without context, what I do today wouldn't mean as much. So my story is I grew up in a small town, never went to college, did drugs. I was not the candidate to be Jim Rohn's 18-year business partner. Had a life-changing event. I started in the small town, started a gas station back in the day. And ended up, we became the biggest in town. America's Station's what I called it. We had 10 employees. And at age 26, I decided to move to the big city, which was big a big deal for me. I'd grown up in Vernon, Texas, and very serendipitously. I mean, I moved to Dallas, had no job, no plan. I was just going to try and replicate what I, I knew. So very naive, naively optimistic. 
which is some real estate investors, right? That's that's the pro and con of uh, you know all of us optimistic people. But that very serendipitously led to me getting in the seminar business. I learned from the the grassroots up, 100 cold calls a day to book myself to go speak for small companies, to then sell tickets to an event, a couple of speakers. The model, so I learned everything I had to learn in that model, but it was a broken model. So I quit, went out on my own, and not that much longer, I was doing my own events, traveling around the country, getting a couple of thousand people, and I would hire Jim Rohn, hire Brian Tracy, hire Og Mandino. And money's flowing. I was doing what really only a handful of people would have been willing to do. I mean, I paid a price. I was good at it. And then in 1993, I was doing this from like 1990 to 93, Jim Rohn said his partner owed him half a million dollars. They were breaking up because the model was broken that they had. And I said, Jim, I would love an exclusive. So I made him an offer and we did a handshake. And that first year, I took it from 20 speaking dates to 110. I tripled the speaking fee. I started creating products like the Treasury of Quotes and multiple other products. That went so well, I started another company called Your Success Store. So I would take Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen and Dennis Waitley to those same companies and also created products with them. And this was all pre-internet. 1999, I started a newsletter ended up building a million plus email list between all my different enterprises, sold it all in 2007, retired and thought I was done. And I was on a ski trip with Darren Hardy, John Asraf, and two other guys, Eric Berman, who now runs Brian Tracy's company, Stephen Cox, who sold Get Lessons to Microsoft. And those four guys had a mastermind in San Diego they were part of. And they're talking business. I'm there to talk about life and is there a God? And, you know, uh, I was retired, but I was envious of the, you know, they were doing what I had done and I felt like I'd been the goat. Now I'm retired. I happily laid down kind of that ego and was working on becoming a different person, better person than the type A seminar promoter I'd been at one time. And that led me, they, they said, you should go start your own mastermind in Dallas. And I did. And then that led to Los Angeles. And that's my core business, Michael Block, you know, part of it. We, we've had some really amazing people in all kinds of spaces. And I started doing some books to also help them tell their story. We'll give one of those away at the end of the, the call. But that's what I mainly do. I do a little bit of coaching. But at the end of the day, just like Jim Rohn, I try and keep things very simple and do the things that I'm really, really good at. And also try and stay away from all the things that I think people are doing way too many things tactically and missing the most important things that can move the needle. And I would say I had to learn that when I would go into a city, you go into Chicago, you don't know one person. Yes, you can do 50 things, but there's about half a dozen that will get the biggest difference and you don't have any margin for error. So I think for now 30 years, I've been very much a principle-based marketer. Like, what are the one or two things that are going to move the needle? And you understand this as a real estate investor, what will compound over time? I don't do one-offs. I don't do anything that's not going to be actually building something that can compound over time. Because again, you, you get it, just flipping and doing things like that. Yes, it creates cash, but it's not the same as an investor that builds something that will replicate. 
I love that. I think you're totally right about our efforts and aiming ourselves in a direction that will compound on itself. And you spend decades with some of the highest performers out there. And, you know, I think, like I said before, you have been listening to a lot of Jim Rohn lately to get me through difficult business times, if you will, and propel myself further forward. And I'd love to like dig into big lessons or, or strategies or, or takeaways that you've gotten from spending so much time with such a high performing people who have had such a big impact on the world. I mean, Jim passed away, I think 14 years ago now, and I'm still listening to his content every single day. And I know a lot of other people are out there. That's a huge impact that you know not very many people have out there. So let's talk having a big <laughs> impact and being successful. Yeah. Yeah. I was incredibly blessed. I don't take it for granted. Actually, when I came out of retirement, start the mastermind, I did something that's not online anymore, but it was called 52 lessons. I learned from Jim Rohn and other legends I promoted, and it had multiple lessons from Jim, but also Darren Hardy, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Mark Johansson, Jeffrey Gittimer, the list goes on and on. And these were profound and they don't happen overnight, right? That was over 30 years, but Jim Rohn definitely changed my life. I will do a caveat here. One of the things that made it work so well with me and Jim is I was one of the few people that didn't want anything from him. I wanted to build an amazing business. So everyone else wanted pieces of Jim. I was a student. I was learning, but I was learning a lot like you. I mean, I was learning in front of him, but I was also taking his content and creating programs taking this content and creating books, taking his content and packaging it. So I got to listen to it a dozen times. There's no video programs, no training programs for Jim or Brian Tracy or others. I didn't personally make every decision on the editing. So I got to hear it, right? I got to sit in the back of the room, take notes in a journal a hundred times. So our one-on-one time wasn't me just trying to I mean, we had amazing conversations, but I was actually bringing value to the relationship that could help him be a true philosopher. He wasn't a marketer, and I was. And I here's the other thing. I didn't want to be a speaker. So, Taylor, that made me different. I'd put on a massive event. I No one even knew who I was. I didn't introduce the speakers. I'm in the back being the producer and filling up the room and doing that thing. And so it was a beautiful marriage honestly and candidly, but I'll give you a couple of the biggest impactful lessons. You know, I did that treasury of quotes book and that had 365 quotes. And then the little version had 110. And once I really tried to get it down to 30 of my favorite Jim Rohn quotes, but those are interchangeable, right? So to say three lessons, there's many, many, many more, but these three were probably the most impactful. And I think are also duplicatable for most people. Number one, again, this is also, you know, self-evident, but, you know, Jim said the major key to your future is you. It's not the government. It's not your relatives. It's not your wife. It's not your boss. We hear that and we say, yeah, we know that, but do we? I mean, think of all the times we're being victims to everything else going on. So no matter what the interest rates are today, 7%, no matter what the government's doing, no matter who the president is, no matter any of it, in 10 years, you'll take two people, one will have done this and one will have done that. And it's never not been that way, right? So the most important 
factors in our life we control. We control our thoughts. We control what we decide to learn. We control if we're going to listen to a podcast or watch the comedy channel. We control what we're going to eat. We control everything that really matters the most. I, I cut that pass. Like at 27, you saw me kind of walk away from politics. Like I, I didn't have to listen to whoever. And I, I don't. I don't even know. Because it doesn't matter at the end of the day compared to what matters most. And that's my own skill set. So that was huge. I'll give you a couple more really quick. The other one would have been Jim Rohn said success was predictable. It's kind of like planting a seed. So you go plant a tomato seed, and if you plant it in the right soil and water it and take care of it, put it in the sun, the odds are in your favor you will get a harvest. So it's not even a guess. It's, you know, the odds are in your favor. Now things happen, doesn't always happen, but you're putting the odds in your favor versus the get rich quick, the Hail Mary pass, all the desperation, all the stuff we hear people doing and see doing, and they're going to get their quicker, faster quantum leaps. Or you just can do it the way that's guaranteed if you do the right thing. And I actually sent an email out to my list today talking about all the things people are, it came from a conversation interview I did with Darren Hardy, who I coached for three years. And we were talking about a lion can't sit around and eat mice. Now he could, but he would literally die of malnutrition if he's spending all his time eating mice. He would. He has to go get an antelope, which is a lot more work, a lot more effort, but that will feed him and his pride for a week. Mice, he would literally die. And I'm watching entrepreneurs be so consumed with all these tactics. They get the, they don't even move the needle. I, I had multiple seven-figure, eight-figure ideas. But those were like once a year, and then you have to go execute them. And to execute that one idea, you have to say no to everything else that would potentially keep you from doing that one idea. And those all combined would even touch you know, touch the one idea. So focus. But the whole thing about success is predictable. I really got that. And the third one was Jim Rohn said, bring value to the marketplace. He said to be successful, bring value, to be wealthy, be valuable to valuable people. And I hear a lot of people, and they do this with me too, right? They want to network. You care less about me. I'm a horrible networker. If I can bring value, let me. If I can't, then it's not, it's not something we need to overly get involved. If it, I'm not talking good friends. I'm saying in the marketplace, people say, hey, how can I help you? Most of the time they can't, right? It's not, there's not the right exchange going on and vice versa. There's people I would love to get closer to, but I, there's not a way for me to bring value. And even Jim, it was so easy because he needed exactly who I was and what I was. And we did a handshake, but there were so many other speakers that there's no way they would relinquish control. And, and I went down that path with multiple people. And so it's like, now I, I truly was doing a one-off. I'm, investing my time, energy, expertise, money to be one-tenth of the outcome. Where with Jim, it was all in, right? And so, but it all begins with value. And so there's nothing wrong if someone can't bring you value or vice versa. But that is that is what makes it all work is finding, even in the marketplace, I, I've always been a platform builder. You having a podcast is a platform. And so that platform is, how do you become valuable to talent? And how do you come valuable to the marketplace? 
And so the marketplace doesn't want to listen unless you bring value and the talent doesn't want to come on unless you give them people. Same thing with the seminar. Like to get Jim, I had to have an audience. To get an audience, I had to have great content. So it's solving that equation of bringing value to the marketplace and, you know, doing that effectively. And I don't know, I caught that pass. I've never been a networker. I've been, can I bring value? And if I can, whether it's my inner circle members, my book people, my coaching people, if I can't help them, it's not going to work out long-term anyway. It's going to be a divorce or it's going to be, you know, we're not going to build something that's going to compound over time. Wow. So much there. I feel like the way things are today, Jim's saying of the major key to your better future is you looking around at the environment that we have today with, with our phones being just distraction machines and bad news machines that are meant to really geared to take us away from things that we can affect in our lives that could put us in a better position, whether it's just spending time with your fa- attention with your family or working on your business or whatever, being constructive in some way to add value to your life. I feel like he'd be pulling his hair out if he saw what we were doing today, but <laughs> well, he would matter. say it's always been that way. You know, it, it's never changed. It's always the same equation. The equation, you know, the tactics change, but the same, it's the same thing. It's always been the same. So let's talk about bringing value to the marketplace and what you're doing today to help others in their businesses. You have a pretty unique idea of your, your marketing wheel. I'd love to touch on that if we can. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not for everyone. I'm not trying to sell the whole marketplace. Um, very much a principle-based marketer, but I, I, you know, again, Darren Hardy, Robin Sharma, a lot of people I've worked with, and I have a lot of people at a high level, you know, we have built amazing things together. And I would say it does kind of fly in the face of a lot of what the marketplace teaches, like selling the dream, over-promising. I'm kind of the opposite. I can very quickly tell someone I'm not going to be able to help them, or they want to be Jim Rohn. I'm like, I can't make that happen. I really am about authenticity. You know, find out what you're really good at. The marketing wheel was basically in 1993. I partnered with Jim. I drew a circle on a sheet of paper. I put a hub in the middle and I put Jim Rohn's name. And then I drew out spokes. And every spoke was a product or service he had. You know, a book, an audio series, a one-day seminar, two-day seminar. And here is the biggest part. How do you get people on the wheel and then take them around? It's not a funnel. Funnels have agendas. The wheel is wherever you find, you know, you get on the wheel and then whatever you're interested in, if it's right for you, whenever that's right for you. So I am bring content, 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 and occasionally give people something to say yes to. And if it's a fit for them, awesome. If not, that's fine too. There's no like, okay, I'm going to drive you into this agenda that might not be right for you or me. But that question of how do I get people on the wheel and take them around is what drove me if I got one in front of me to do a Jim Rohn quote book. I did one for Zig. I did one for Brian Tracy, Mark Victor Hansen, Dennis Waitley. Moved 8 million all total, but six of the gym. And a little pro tip is I made it easy for our advocates to go share the message. So I created this book, had a to and a from, amazing quotes, but it had how you could buy 10 10 at a time and give them away, 100 at a time, give them away. I have Brian Buffini, I was on his podcast. He said, Kyle, I bought 200,000 of those over the years. I'm like, I know you did. That's true. But that was one simple idea. But the thought behind it is 
that we get people on the wheel through advocates sharing the message. So it was not me to many, it was us to a few and those few to many. And that's how I, I you know, but it, it got back to Jim's secret sauce. In fact, I have five criteria for your spokes on the wheel. Number one is a part of your core business. So someone says, okay, I'm going to now add whatever. I'm going to do this. And by the way, a spoke on the wheel is a product or service, but it also can be customer acquisition. So even advertising can be a spoke on the wheel. Doing events can be a spoke on the wheel. The beauty of certain spokes is if it's a product and customer acquisition. So the quote books I made money on. You know, and it was a, something I sold, but it was also a huge customer acquisition. So doing an event can be that as well. Creating products that you then run Instagram ads, get people on an email list. Some buy, some don't, but no matter what, you're building your list, you're building your followers. So it's customer acquisition. I've never tried to sell, sell. I've always tried to get people on the wheel, build trust over time. If it's the right thing for them or me, they'll do it. You put that into real estate investing context, it's even more critical to build trust over time. Most people's biggest nightmares come from cold traffic, sometimes sharks, that they didn't know. In fact, I won't take a referral if it's not someone I've actually worked with. So if someone says, Kyle, I love you, dude, I'm going to refer someone to your inner circle and they're not a member, I won't take it because I already know it's not worth my time to take on someone that's having to buy me and they don't even know me. We began this with, how do you know me? Like that's everything to me because there has to be built in trust. So real estate investors, I'm a huge fan of take it slow, build relationships. Don't ever be in a rush, but you will win long-term. And I know our need offsets our ways with that we would do it correctly and right. But if you do it right, you're going to win long-term. But yeah, five, five criteria. Is it part of your core business? Is it part of your secret sauce? That quote book was part of Jim's secret sauce. Are you targeting the right avatar? You know, I know who my avatar is. It's Jim Rohn fans, Brian Tracy, Darren Hardy. Phil Collin and Def Leppard has played at my house. He's been, he's spoken it for my masterminds. He's been in two of my books, but that's not my avatar. They sold a hundred million albums, you know, and 60,000 people the last time I saw him, we went backstage. That was a lot of fun. He's incredible, but that's not my avatar. So I don't double down. If I'm going to run an ad on Instagram, I'm going to target Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, Darren Hardy. That's my avatar. And by the way, that makes my best customers. Like we are already philosophically aligned. You're a Jim Rohn fan. That means we have already thought through some of life's big things and we have come to the conclusion, in my opinion, ethical, philosophical, give, all, all the things I believe in. Uh, a couple of more are, is it strategic? So we can do a hundred things. And here's something, it hit me one day, everything works. Like, and I've done everything. I've put business cards on windshields. That was 30 years ago. And it was, I'm doing a Jim Rohn event in Houston and Tony Robbins is in town. So I'm putting business cards on windshields. I got two people. One of those became a big guy for me, but they don't work that well. So everything works, but some things don't work that well. And once you figure out everything works, then the key is what works the best. And that's why people are doing so many tactics. They say, well, it works. Yeah, it does. But compared to what? So getting really crystal clear on what's the one thing 
that's going to knock the dominoes down. I took a guess on the quote book and it worked. It became an eight figure thing for me. And I had multiple other things over the years. You figure out that one thing and you go execute it flawlessly. And that's what Darren Hardy is really good at as well. He has a rhythm only, only like once a year, every 18 months, he comes out with something new, but he nails it. So being very strategic. And then fifth is, does it fit your dreams? Like a lot of in your goals, like a lot of people go build something that if they accomplished it, if they got it, it's not where they really want to be. So it's kind of back to that Jim Carrey thing is, you know, you can fail at doing the wrong thing. So you might as well, if you're going to fail, fail at doing the thing you want to do. And this takes a little bit of thought. This takes some time. You know, you got to, you know, Jim would quote the Bible. If you search, you will find, but you have to go search. Rarely does a good idea interrupt you, right? You have to go looking. And so those are my five criteria I run everything through. Uh, any opportunities, any ideas. If it's not part of my core business, if it's not part of my secret sauce, if it's not, and when by the core business, if it's a one-off, okay, we're going to go do this, this, and this, and it doesn't fit into what I do. Even if it works, it's taken me off center from what I'm doing. So anyway. Wow. There's so much there. We're, we're oh, limited I spent, on time I here. spent 16 hours on videos just on this concept, but it's, it sounds simple and it is, and that's the beauty of it. But the complexities never end. Like everything I do, you know, has trickled down from those five principles of the wheel of get people on the wheel, take them around, have things that cross pollinate. Me at Jim Rohn International and your success store, I probably had 200 spokes. So I don't want to pretend there's not times we don't have complicated, like your business can just get so big, right? And people with multifamily and all these different things. So I'm not trying to say it can just be a few simple businesses. Mine's simple because I retired. I had the 20 employees. I had the agent for six guys. I've done all the 400 you know, 400 yard sprints over and over doing events. I want incredibly simple now. I want less people, but the right people, much less people. And people get a little frustrated that I'm not just hammering down to go do whatever. And I'll usually say, well, I've already done that. I don't need to go do that. I've done that. I've checked that box. I need my lifestyle. I need spiritual. I need health, relationships. And I, I need less people, but the right people. Wow. I know we're, we're a bit tight on time here, but I want to just at least touch on, so your book is success habits of super achievers, right? If I'm getting that, you yeah. know, right. But I think today I, I hate to bemoan today, but the, the, the kind of the meme today is people looking for success hacks of super achievers or, you know, super high, the, the hack to make the thing happen rather than the habit that will put you in the right direction. You talk about that a little bit, the, the, the habit aspect of that, rather than looking for the, the magic pill that will just fix everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm a tactical guy. You don't go build a million plus list without uh, doing tactics, but most of us are doing too many of the trivial few and not enough of the, the handful that make the biggest difference. And, you know, Stephen Covey gives a great example of you put the big rocks in the jar first, and that could be your health, your family, your spiritual life, reading, you know, your, whatever the daily practice is, meditation, 
and then you can pour the gravel in and then you can pour the sand in and you can pour the water. But if you did it the opposite, the big rocks would never fit in. And I found myself guilty of this. I was guilty of business, business, business. And yes, I had success, but it also cost me on certain things as well. And, you know, if I had to do it over again, I would definitely have, if, if I had the awareness somehow, I would have definitely taken on some better habits. And, you know, Jim Rohn was very much about the simple disciplines. I've mentioned Darren a couple of times, Robin Sharma, you know, these guys all talk about the simple, basic principles, how Elrod, of course, everyone I mentioned is a Jim Rohn student. I, I do like, we all like hacks, but you just got to see if your if your wheels are spinning and if you're doing the things that you know if you did consistently for a week, a month, a year are going to work. And I'm not saying everything's balanced. I mean, there's times you have to be, and you know, if the house is burning, you're going to have to maybe work 16 hours a day and that's okay. And if you're married and you have a new kid, you're going to, I mean, everything you have to understand and in, you know, Jim Rohn wrote a book, The Seasons of Life. We have four seasons for a reason. There is a springtime. And when it's spring, if you're a farmer, you know, you're not going to go on vacation during springtime. You're going to be out there. And no matter, there, there are certain businesses, you know, the family are like, well, we, we're going to miss whatever. And they're like, hey, this is springtime. This is when we have to plant. And then fall is when you harvest. Obviously, summer, as Jim would say, is the testing and the, the challenges. And then the winters when we refresh and we get better. And it's almost like a sports team playing to review. And you have to find the rhythm that works best for you. But, you know, there's certain habits that will help you accomplish anything back to the Jim Rohn half dozen things done consistently. Wow. Man, love it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Kyle, I've got three questions. I ask every okay. guest on the show. All right. Are you ready? Number one, what is your number one book recommendation? Probably Thinking Grow Rich had the biggest impact on me. And I, I'm not drinking all the Kool-Aid of that book, but it did expand my thinking that if you make a decision and you want something, and I really came to believe 20, 30 years ago, I could get anything I wanted. Now, that doesn't mean there might not be a price. And then that's what you got away. You got away the price, but the power of our intentions, the power of our thoughts, the power of our focus. So that, that was definitely one book. Love that. Question number two, who or what inspires you? Right now it's more like, well, certainly authenticity, people just owning who they are, not trying to be someone else. And I'm really into nature. I spend a couple of hours every morning in my backyard doing meditation and stretching and all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, in the grass, in my garden, I grow 13 herbs. I drink a tea every day. And like Jim Rome would say, his mom would say, if this thing kill us, it might help us, you know, but I, I felt like I needed to do some of these things to offset that type A promoter. So nature for sure, authenticity. I'm definitely not uh, drinking the Kool-Aid of people selling the dream and the BS, especially people have never done it. It's a little bit offensive. Yeah, I agree. Question number three, think about Kyle at 80 years old. What advice would 80 year old Kyle give to Kyle of today? Definitely health. You know, I'm, I'm probably older than you think I am. I don't know. Should Not I good. put you to the test? 
take take a wild guess. Shouldn't be admitting, but I've already let you know I'm older than I probably look. So I don't know. Fifty three. Yeah, sixty two. So eighties around the corner, and I know some eighty year olds. Dennis Waitley's ninety. Brian Tracy's turning eighty. Jim Rohn died at seventy nine, and so I think for me the big thing is health, spiritual relationships. You don't have to be right. Like I, I'm okay not being right if it helps keep the relationship and the conversation going. Connection. Nice. I think that's very important. And Kyle, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all this knowledge. I know you have something you want to, a gift you want to give to our audience. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I did this book called Success Habits Super Achievers. Every one of the people I'm going to mention have been on my podcast by the same title, and it's Darren Hardy, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, John Asraf, Mark Victor Hansen, who did Chicken Soup for the Soul, Tom Ziegler, Hot Sarmar, Bill Collin and Def Leppard. And it's 80 different entrepreneurs, a lot of investors, and they share some of their best ideas. And I'd love to give people a digital copy of the book. And also I have a lot of other books I include, and I also have interviews with Probably most of the people I just mentioned, they're all part of it. It's a bunch of free resources. And all they have to do is send me an email to info at kylewilson.com. Info at Kyle Wilson. Put Success Habits book. Let me know they heard it on your podcast. And if Jim Rohn impacted their life, let me know. If any of the people I mentioned has impacted your life, let me know. I reply to every single one of those. I'm not sending them to a website. I reply because if they care enough, about anything I talked about and about the book, I'm going to read what they send. And now they don't have to say anything. They can say, send the book. And I'm cool with that too, but I'll send them a link and they'll have access to all of it. And it is a bit of a, a marketing piece. So if they just want to see how I give away something, I try and just give a lot of value, do it on a well done download page. That's a hack for them. Okay. Back to hacks. Nice. Success leaves clues as one might say. And <laughs> Kyle, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all this knowledge. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every weekday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one.